0: We
1: Are One Body Audio Theatre presents Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol Episode 4 The Ghost of Christmas Future
2: Silently Slowly Gravely The Phantom approached Scrooge When it came Scrooge bent down upon his knee, for gloom and mystery seemed to scatter in the air through which the spirit moved. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. When it reached the place where Scrooge knelt, the spirit stopped, and neither spoke nor moved.
0: Are you the ghost of Christmas yet to come? I fear you more than any specter I've yet seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man in the future, I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me?
2: It gave him no reply, but its bony hand, "'straight before them.
0: "'Lead on! "'Lead on! "'The night is waning fast, "'and it is precious time, I know. "'Lead on, spirit!'
2: "'As Scrooge stood, "'a city street seemed to spring up about them. "'There they were in the heart of it, "'amongst the merchants at the city's main bank. "'The spirit stopped beside "'one little knot of businessmen. "'Observing that the hand was pointed to them, "'Scrooge advanced, to listen to their talk.
0: Now, I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. Why? What was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. <laughs> God knows. What has he done with his money? I haven't
2: heard. Put it into his company, perhaps? He hasn't left it to me. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge was at first inclined to be surprised that the spirit should attach importance to a conversation apparently so trivial, but feeling assured that it must have some hidden purpose, he set himself to consider what it was likely to be. It could scarcely be supposed to have any bearing on the death of Jacob, his old partner, for that was past, and this ghost's province was the future. He looked for himself as the clock on the bank pointed to the time of day when Scrooge usually came there. But he did not see his future self among the multitudes that poured past in the street.
0: Where am I in all this spirit? It is no matter. I've been for some hours this night contemplating a change of life. Perhaps I shall not loiter here at the bank so often as I used to do.
2: The spirit made no answer. but. ...pointed ahead down a dark, narrow alleyway. Scrooge followed his direction to a low shop... ...where iron, old rags, bottles, bones... ...and all matter of trash were bought and sold. A gray-haired rascal of great age sat inside... ...smoking his pipe. The spirit pointed toward the rotting doorframe.
0: Must I go in, spirit? This awful place.
2: But the spirit only pointed more resolutely toward the door. Reluctantly, Scrooge ducked inside. Scrooge and the phantom entered the shop just as a woman with a heavy bundle in her arms slunk in. Herself. Mrs. Dilber, what a pleasant surprise.
3: Here, Joe, help me with this bundle.
0: What have you got to sell?
3: Half a minute's patience, Joe, and you shall see.
0: Hmm. Have you come from...
3: Straight from his place. Yes. No sense wasting time.
0: (laughs) He's not even cold yet, I reckon.
3: (laughs) Was he ever warm? (laughs) But every person must take care of themselves. Lord knows he always did. Who's the worse for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man, I suppose.
0: No, indeed.
3: If he wanted to keep them after he was dead, the wicked old screw, why didn't he enjoy them in his lifetime? If he had, maybe there'd have been somebody there to look after him at the end, instead of him lying there gasping out his last alone by himself.
0: It's the truest word that ever was spoken. It's a judgment on
3: him. I wish it was a little heavier judgment, and it should have been. You may depend upon it. But open that bundle, old Joe, and let me know the value of it.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
3: What do you call this? Bed curtains? Indeed. Bed curtains. Ah, don't get ash from your pipe upon the blankets now. His blankets? Well, who else's do you think? And here's a shirt. You may look it over till your eyes ache. You'll find no hole in it. It's the best he had. They'd have wasted it if it hadn't been for me. What do you call wasting it? Putting it on him to be buried in, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Spirit, I see, I see. The case of this unhappy man might someday be my own. My life
2: tends that way now. Almost before he had finished speaking, the scene had changed. Scrooge now almost touched a bare, uncurtained bed on which, beneath a ragged sheet, a dreadful something lay covered up. The room was very dark, too dark to observe with any accuracy, though Scrooge glanced round it in obedience to a secret impulse, anxious to know what kind of room it was. A pale light from the naked windows fell straight upon the bed, and on it, unwatched, unwept, uncared for, was the body of this plundered, unknown man. Scrooge glanced toward the phantom. Its steady hand pointed to the head of the figure that lay upon the bed. The cover was so carelessly adjusted that the slightest raising of it, the motion of a finger upon Scrooge's part, would have disclosed the face. He thought of it, felt how easy it would be to do, and longed to do it, but had no more power to withdraw the veil than to dismiss the specter at his side. Spirit,
0: this is a fearful place. In leaving it, I promise I shall not leave its lesson. Let us go.
2: Still the ghost pointed with an unmoved finger to the head of the bed.
0: I understand you, and I would withdraw the sheet if I could, but I have not the power, Spirit. I have not the power...
2: Again it pointed toward the bed.
0: If there is any person in this town who feels emotion caused by this man's death, show that person to me, Spirit, I beseech you.
2: But they understood. The, the ghost word, conducted him to poor Bob asking. Cratchit's house, the dwelling he had right. visited before, and, and found the, house, the mother and the children seated round the way. fire. But they held their peace, for in the way they had disputed among themselves, which of them should be this the greatest. This is house. not like before. And sitting down, he called How the twelve saith to are. them, If any Even man the him be, first, be the last of as statues in the minister of all. what has changed? And taking a child, he set him in the midst of them. Mother, you're crying.
1: Tis only the fire. It, it hurts my eyes to sow by firelight. <sighs> there, my eyes are better now. The, the firelight makes them so weak and. I would not show weak eyes to your father for all the world. M- Martha, check and see if he's coming. It must be near his time. I don't see him yet, Mother.
2: I think he has walked a little slower than he used to these last few evenings.
1: I have known him to walk with... <sighs> I have known him to walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulders very fast indeed. And so have I. Oh, yes. Often. Often. Me too, oh yes. But but he was very light to carry, and his father loved him so that it was no trouble. <laughs> no trouble at all. Here he is.
0: Ah Hello, my dear ones.
1: Hello Father. father. You're home. Welcome home, father. We expected you before now, love.
0: Yes. I went by the churchyard today. Oh. I wish you could have been with me. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that we would walk there on a Sunday. My little child. My little, little child.
1: There now, love. Don't, don't cry. Oh, father. Please don't cry, Please Father. Please don't cry, Father. do be
0: grieved. No, spirit. Not Tiny Tim. I beg you, take me from this place. Is all the future wrought with death and ruin? But something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. Tell me then, what man was lying in that lonely chamber, dead and unmourned?
2: All at once, the ghost of Christmas yet to come conveyed him to a dismal, wretched, ruinous churchyard. The spirit? stood among the graves and pointed down at one.
0: Before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they shadows of the things that may be only? (sighs)
2: Still, the ghost pointed downward toward the grave by which it stood.
0: Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me now.
2: The spirit was as immovable as ever. Scrooge crept toward the grave, trembling as he went, and, following the finger, read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge.
0: Am I that man who lay upon the bed? No, spirit, hear me! I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been but for this night. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Assure me that I yet may change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year i will live in the past the present and the future the spirits of all three shall strive within me i will not shut out the lessons that they teach oh tell me that i may sponge away the writing on this stone
2: Scrooge awoke to the heartiest church bells he had ever heard. For a moment he lay still upon the bed, still amazed that he was no longer in the churchyard with the dreadful spirit. But no, he was in his bed, his own bed. A clear, bright, stirring golden sunlight streamed in through his windows. And best of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. With a youthful bound, Scrooge skipped out of bed and rushed to open his window. The day was glorious and new. Below him in the street, a boy in Sunday clothes loitered about with an air of holiday freedom.
0: What's today? What? What's today, my fine fellow? Today?
3: Why, it's Christmas Day. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello. Do you know the poulterers on the corner? I should hope I did. An intelligent boy. It's a pleasure to talk to him. D- do you know if they've sold the prized turkey that was hanging up there, the big one? What? one as big as me? What a delightful boy. Yeah, yes, yes, that one.
3: It's hanging there now.
0: Is it? Go and buy it for me.
3: <laughs> what do you take me for? No,
0: no, I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them the address where I want it delivered. Come back with the shopkeeper and I shall give you a shilling. Come back in less than five minutes and I shall give you half a crown. Right away, sir. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. <laughs> he won't know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Oh, what a good job this shall be. <laughs>
2: After writing out Cratchit's address and giving it to the boy, who brought the good shopkeeper around in four minutes, Scrooge dressed himself all in his best and at last got out into the street. The people were flowing by and walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant that three or four good-humored fellows said, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Mr. Scrooge. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry sir. Merry Christmas, Ebenezer. And Scrooge often said afterwards that, of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, these were the merriest in his ears. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. He paced before the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But, at last, he did it all in a rush. Why,
0: bless my soul. Uncle Scrooge! Yes, tis I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. If you will let me in, will you, Fred? Let you in? Why, of course, of course! Come in!
1: Why, who's at the door, Fred? Uh, Oh.
0: (laughs) My dear, may I introduce my Uncle Scrooge? The pleasure is all mine, I assure you.
1: It is quite a pleasant surprise to meet you at last, Mr. Scrooge. Please,
0: Uncle Scrooge. And I promise, Fred, to be a better uncle to you both in the future. What a lovely wife you have, my dear boy. Thank you, Uncle. And have I ever mentioned how much you remind me of your mother, my dear boy? I am glad, glad indeed that you invited me here to dine. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! Oh, our other guests Fred. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bill.
1: Mariah. Happy Christmas.
0: Oh, Bill. Mariah. Meet my Uncle Scrooge.
1: Oh. Merry Christmas, Mr.
2: Scrooge.
0: Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. More
2: guests arrived. And, Merry and they all looked too. just as they and had when you, Scrooge Merry
0: saw them the first Merry time Christmas. with the ghost of Christmas Merry present. Merry Christmas to you. Ha, Merry Christmas there. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. And, and to you, Merry Christmas.
2: To you, Merry Christmas. Yeah, little one. Merry Christmas. And they played many a game and had many a dance around the parlor, Scrooge among the rest. It was a wonderful party with wonderful games and wonderful happiness. Next morning, Scrooge hurried in early to his office. He made sure he was very early indeed, for he wanted to be there to catch Bob Cratchit coming in late. That was the thing Scrooge had set his heart upon, and he did it. The clock struck nine. No Bob. It struck a quarter past. No Bob. Bob was a full 18 and a half minutes behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see him coming in. Bob's hat was off before he opened the door. His coat, too. He was at his desk in a jiffy, scribbling away with his pen as if he were trying to make up for lost time. Cratchit!
0: What do you mean, coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I I am behind my time. Yes, I think you are. Come here, into my office, if you please. It's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Cratchit! I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. Mr. Scrooge, please. (laughs) Therefore... Sir, just let me explain. (laughs) Therefore, I shall double your salary. What? (laughs) Merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas, my good fellow, than I've given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family in any way I can. We will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a bowl of Christmas punch. Yes, sir. Now, make up the fire and buy some more coal before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Yes, sir. And Bob. Sir? Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas, sir. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was like a second father. In fact, Scrooge became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city had ever known. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but his own heart laughed too, and that was quite enough for him. It was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of all of us all year long. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, may God bless us, everyone.
1: That was Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Episode 4, The Ghost of Christmas Future. Adapted for audio by Gretel and Darkey. Directed by Gretelyn Darkey and John Witechko and produced by Thomas Marinchak. The cast, in order of appearance, was Dennis Jers as the narrator, Paul Guggenheimer as Ebenezer Scrooge, Tony Cipetta as the first businessman, Lawrence Kuda as the second businessman, John Kenyon as Old Joe, Cindy Lou Fiorina as Mrs. Dilber, Isaac Crom as Peter Cratchit, Dana Rizzo as Mrs. Cratchit. Jules Collins as Martha Cratchit. Xavier LaFosse as the first Cratchit child. Lily Kenyon as the second Cratchit child. Albert Signs as Bob Cratchit. Finn O'Hara as the boy with the turkey. Peter Watechko Jr. as Fred. Trina Kenyon as Fred's wife. Michael Steele as Fred's first friend and Anna Navarre as Fred's second friend. Our audio technicians were Joseph Adams, Jacob Gorsuch, and Thomas Marinchek. Foley and sound design by Joseph Adams and Jacob Gorsuch. The music was composed by Gretel and Darkey and John Wachachko and mastered by Joseph Adams. This audio adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is a production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.